Everyday Conversations, a podcast by the Gospel Coalition Australia. Following Jesus is a whole of life pursuit. As friends talk and share and learn and ask, we pray that you would be encouraged to think deeply. Uh, let me introduce myself. I'm, I'm Bill Sawyer. I'm the principal of YouthWorks College, uh, and um, I, you know, do a lot of teaching and administering and all that kind of stuff. And who, who am I joined by? Who, who is here? Uh, I'm Emma Collett, and um, I am. Oh, I was about to say, I have to start that again. I was going to say children's right. ministry advisor, but that's not what I do anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm Emma Collett, and I work as an assistant minister at Churchill Anglican in the north end of the CBD in Sydney. Uh, and my role is kind of varied there. I'm, I'm a co-congregation minister of a couple of our services there. Um, one of them being our intergenerational one with um, people from all different ages and stages of life. Uh, and previously, I was a children's ministry advisor for YouthWorks. Excellent. Uh, and I'm Tim Veilharts. I'm a current children's ministry advisor for YouthWorks. Uh, also, as part of that role, uh, lecturing in children's and family and intergenerational ministry for YouthWorks College uh, and do a bit of research on those topics in the meantime as well. Yes, and then we all share a mutual interest then in, uh, in children and ministry to children and children in church. And so that's what we're going to kind of just chat a little bit about today. And I guess as I think about a starting point for that, we go back to the gospel, Mark 10, 13 to 16, that classic text, uh, you know, where uh, Jesus invites the children uh, to, to come amongst him and then use them as an example. And, and that's always struck me as kind of, that's the core text where people go to when they think about children in church, don't they, where we see children kind of valued. Uh, and, and then also we learn something from children as well. And so they're the, they're the two. Yeah, you guys have got all the experience, though. You've been you know, visiting churches and all that. What, what, what do you see happening in churches that show that children are valued amongst uh, congregations? Or what do you see happen that shows they're not valued? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, well, I think um, certainly uh, when you see children present, I think even just that very thing <laughs> um, shows that, that there is a value of children placed uh, in a church. And lots of different churches uh, have lots of different ways of doing that. Um, the church I'm at, um, we uh, include children um, in the first part of our church service. Uh, and then um, we do the rhythms of church to begin with, and then uh, they move out to um, their specific programs. Um, and so I, I guess um, seeing them present, actually something for them, I think shows that there, that, that there is an importance there in, in a church's life. And when you, when you say present, you mean like present in the main congregational meeting, right? Because a lot of churches would say, oh, yeah, we, we've got children, they're present, they're just off in their kids' kind of area. But, you, but you're talking about presence in a kind of a, a much more, you know, like physically present in the actual meeting, right, with, with adults and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's certainly, um, that's what we've got at my particular church yeah. and what, what we had when I have worked in churches previously. Um, but I think also it's, um, there's something for them uh, and it's not just in the church time, but before the church service and after the church service. And so they're actually there and there's, there, uh, there's interaction happening um, across the board. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, I mean, we we honour children by having 
really excellent children's ministry. And there's lots of different facets of that. Uh, I think that as a uh, denomination, as a tribe, uh, Reformed Evangelicals, we do value children's ministry to a great extent. We work hard at our teaching. We work hard at our resources. And so we are honouring children as little members, little brothers and sisters, uh, people who can have faith. So that's a great way of honouring children and uh, bringing them to Jesus. I think what Emma's expressing as well is uh, beyond that, having them as part of an intergenerational gathering, having them all together in a way where it's not just the children experiencing children's sensitive teaching, but it's actually children in the context of the whole community, uh, that that is really valuable as well. And um, I think as we'll talk about, it's, it's valuable for the children, uh, but it's also equally valuable for the adults who are present in that space as well. And that's the extra, though, isn't it? Because I, uh, I, I saw a church once, I was in a church once, it had an excellent children's ministry, but basically it was there so that the children could be not disturbing the adults, so they could, they could hear the, the sermon and, you know, they could get on with adult, real Christianity, uh, while the kids were off the thing. Now, it was a great program. They, they did all the stuff. It was good teaching. You know, there was puppets, you know, all, all the stuff that you would normally kind of see. But it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't connected, you know what I mean? Like, so, so it was kind of honouring children, but at the same time, not quite in the sense that you're talking about because they were ancillary to the congregation not kind of essential yeah we can but i think we can say oh we're honoring children by providing them with really great age-appropriate teaching and i think that's true to an extent but yes it's very easy to slip into a mindset where uh children are a problem to be solved um and that we don't honor children by seeing them as a problem uh and therefore the solution to helping adults learn best is to remove children um Children are inherently messy and chaotic. Uh, I think as, you know, as a couple, if you do not, if you like a, a neat and tidy and orderly house, uh, yeah, don't have kids. children. Yeah, 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 totally. uh, <laughs> but children add a huge amount of value into your home, even with all the chaos that they bring. Uh, and I think it's the same with the household of God. Um, if you want a neat, orderly service where nothing can interrupt your uh, adult sensitive teaching, uh, yes, you should remove children and never have them present. Um, but you're at a huge deficit if they are never actually present in that space. And while it might be neat and ordered, there are other very important things you're missing out on. I want to come back to that because you, you also use this word intergenerational. And I, I keep hearing people talk about that all the time. Uh, when I first came to Youth Works, that, that, is it, it's, a, it's a buzzword, right? Like it's a word that's being used a lot. What, what, what is an intergenerational meeting? What does that actually look like? Yes, so intergenerational is speaking about the honouring of all generations within a particular space. There's lots of ways to express it, um, and that's where the conversation can get really interesting and creative. There's not a one-size-fits-all, um, but it is a, um, a yeah, it's, it's a buzzword. It's a, a philosophy of doing ministry that says we're going to prioritise generations being together. Uh, it's largely in reaction to the last uh, few decades where we've prioritised the siloing of generations apart from each other, particularly at the lower end of the age bracket and the upper end of the age bracket. So siphoning off children and youth to their own separate programs. You then have a kind of a large lump in the middle, um, but then you separate the seniors off uh, at the other end of your age bracket. They have their own services, their own ministries. Um, And so it's a philosophy, it's a way, it's a lens of looking at your church and saying, how can we actually prioritise the gathering together of generations as a priority, not just the separating of them? And would you say, Tim, um, that that also includes, like, think, not just thinking about um, uh, 
sorry, I'll get the good at this right. It's also thinking about how you have meaningful interactions between the generations. So yeah. it's not just about children um, being discipled by adults or having some sort of influential um, conversation with an adult. It actually goes both ways. That uh, that children actually um, are, it's a part of part of the body as well, and it's looking for those meaningful connections um, between the generations, and not just families, but people in the church family. Um, and certainly, that's something um, that I think is is often hard to think about. Um, yeah, what what does it look like in, at your place, Emma? Like, what's what's a meaningful interaction? I mean, you could you could just have everyone in the same space, but the kids yeah. could be in one corner, old people could be in another corner, and you know, hipster, you know, all that kind of stuff. What, what, what's a what's a meaningful interaction? What does that look like? Well, I'll give, I'll give you an example from uh, this recent season, Bill, yeah, um, yeah. where we've uh, we've been doing our church by recording a service and then um, our, our family service in the mor- our morning service. Uh, we would um, host a, a, a group on Zoom and yeah. um, and uh, everyone would come on and we'd have a bit of time before we watched the service and then we'd have a bit of time afterwards. And uh, that very beginning part would be just how are you? And you've got, you know, households joining in, whether or not there's one person in a household or five. And and by the time as time went on, you'd see um, different people interacting, not just um, the adults asking questions, but children showing things that they'd brought from their bedroom. Or, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And okay. so you had these interactions. But then at the end, after we'd watched the service, we would say, "What's God got for you?" And the first people to respond were children, and they'd hold us up, you know, something that they'd been. Here's one: my niece drew a picture of what she saw on the screen. That's me. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, the, the, what you've got is um, uh, uh, children um, hearing that question and feeling like they can say something that they've drawn a picture or they've been thinking about something that was in line with what we were um, looking at in the Bible. Or so there's, I, I guess that's quite organic rather than yeah, 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 yeah. we weren't we weren't planning for that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you created a space where that can happen. Yeah, and, 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 is, and is that a function? I mean, uh, I, I know at our, our church, uh, we uh, when we do communion, we we do that thing where the kid comes up on stage, the child, and then asks the questions. You know, we, we're trying to reproduce what's going on in the Passover thing, and so there's a, there's a, and it's it's not token. It's because it's actually integral to the whole deal. Uh, and I've heard of churches that have kids maybe on their uh, welcoming roster. So yep. they won't do it on their own, but they'll do it with maybe their mum or their dad, kind of the family ministry. Just the kind of stuff that we're, you know, these these are these are structural things, but they can also lead to this opening up of relationships. I guess is that right? Like, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you 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 go to a church which kind of you, you've made intergenerational stuff your flagship at your church, right? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Uh, what what the, how do you how do you see that? Yeah, so we have a, a couple of different things that we do. Some of them are weekly, some of them are annually. Um, one of the weekly things we do, we have a Friday night um, gathering in between kids club and youth group. And the, the explicit invite there is to the parents of those groups to also come and be a part of that. So that is a uh, intergenerational gathering um, yep. where we're all together and we're all learning together. Um, it's predominantly um, led by... Uh, well, one of the pastors, but he, he brings in uh, children and teenagers and young adults to do all of the uh, up the front things, except for the preaching, which he does himself. Um, and so that is one way. But the parents in the room are there learning together with their kids um, and with a whole bunch of different ages. So that's one way in which we're 
Is that, is that how does that go for? Is that is that painful? Like, uh, so where, where do you pitch the the thing? Because we also know that you, the reason you you do a kids program is because of the developmental thing, right? They 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 understand things shorter shorter. Well, maybe they haven't got shorter attention spans than most adults these days. You know, <laughs> I don't know how that kind of flies. But um, you know, like, so how does that work? How does that teaching time work? Do the adults go out frustrated? Do the kids go out bemused? Like, you know. Yeah, it's a great question. So the pitching is at the um, high school sort of age, I guess. Yep. Um, the primary school kids will you know, have to reach up a little bit and the adults uh, have to reach down, particularly from the adults who go, and myself included. My, I've got children who are in that part of that demographic and a part of there, so we're going along on Friday nights as well. And uh, it's, it's actually, it depends on your perception of what is meant to be happening in that time. Yep. Uh, if I want to be really stretched uh, theologically, uh, then that is not what's going to happen in that space. But if my intent on coming to church is to share the fellowship of the saints, is to share in learning and loving Jesus with uh, brothers and sisters of all generations, then it's okay that I, as an adult, am not stretched during that part. Part of the joy of being part of that community is that we are all learning together. Uh, yeah. There are things that come up that challenge me and uh, address sin in my life and things that I need to be putting into practice. Um, but it's done in the community, which of, you know, so probably the youngest would be about nine-ish um, up to, you know, the, the adults. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's thinking about how do we best, what, what is church for is, is part of the expression there. I kind of like that too, because what that does is it puts the, uh, it, it's reminding everyone that you're not there for yourself, right? Yeah, so absolutely. You, you, you're there for others. So, you know, the, the kid, Kids got to learn that, okay, there's some stuff I'm not going to understand because, you know, my older brothers and sisters are going to get that. And the older brother and sister thinks sometimes it's going to feel a little mundane because that's what the kid's for. So that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting kind of learning dynamic in and of itself, isn't it? Even, you know, you might not be engineering that, but that's a really important thing to kind of learn. And that's part of what we mentioned earlier about this, uh, this reciprocal nature between adult and child yeah, um, yeah. and wanting them to learn from each other. Uh, that requires a huge amount of um, humility on the part of both. Um, and often we expect children to be the, the most humble and the most mature ones in a sense. We we're asking them to constantly put up with an adult space. Um, mm. And a, an intergenerational lens will sometimes just toss that on its head and say, okay, well, are there moments where it's actually okay to ask the adults, the actually more mature ones, to be the ones to set aside their own preferences uh, for the sake of loving children, helping them to grow and know and love Jesus. Yeah. And Emily, you've, you've kind of, you've, you've shown it's a bit of a way in which children teach us, like they, they bring stuff and all that. Uh, are there other ways as well? What does, what, what you know, Jesus uses the child as an archetype for discipleship. I assume he's talking about humility and, you know, uh, kids can really only accept stuff. They can't offer much and all that, but then they can offer stuff to us, can't they? Like what, what, you know, in, in the congregation, they have a ministry to adults as well. What do we learn from children? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I think we learn a lot from children, really, um, just even the way that they interact with each other, the way that they interact. I, like, I've been watching um, the some of the youth in our group, um, our church have, you know, I've known since they were really little, and just watching them on a Sunday with no one to ask them to, they just go and naturally um, help out with the younger children, just, yeah, you know, yeah. they're like younger brothers and younger sisters, no one's asking them to do it. No one's, um, you know, kind of, we, we do want to think 
think about how to formally train them and give them opportunities to serve in a more formal way. But um, there's something there that that happens that um, uh, that I think we can learn from. That they just get in there. There's no, they don't stand back and wait to be asked. They just do it. <laughs> like, that's, that's a deal with a kid, isn't it? They kind of yeah. They'll 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 step forward and they show you what that means. You know. Yeah. You go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was talking with uh, another a friend of mine about this, and uh, he was he was uh, he he said kids will often say. Uh, what we should say but won't because we're adults and we know you shouldn't say stuff. And his example was he was um, w- his young daughter was with him and they met someone that hadn't been at church for about five or six weeks. And so, uh, you know, the, it, Mike, Mike was kind of hedging around this, but his daughter just bowled up and said, hey, I haven't seen you for five or six weeks. Where have you been? You know, and uh, it was just that, uh, and, and you can't not answer a child. And so that, that little question, which we kind of want to ask, but maybe are too polite to ask, the child just bowls up and it's a really good interaction. Like the, the, the adult, the other person is forced to kind of think about, you know, what's going on and all that sort of stuff. And I think, like I just think of an example from a couple of years ago when one of the kids from church, he would have been in about year five at the time, so 10 years old. And uh, in between uh, services, the morning service often have raisin toast, not at the moment, but, you know, they would have raisin toast and a cup of tea. And and this child would come a little bit early and he'd just sit down and chat with with that particular congregation, which is of a particular vintage. (laughs) And and I just overheard this conversation, you know, an older man saying to this young boy um so how's school going and he said the boy responded by saying well school's going well but how's your back you had a bad back last week and I just you know it saw these moments and what I realized I, I was getting ready for kids church and you know, there's kids everywhere and I'm getting stressed because, you know, that everyone, and then all of a sudden I realised, actually, these are the moments that you can't orchestrate, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, totally. And it's hard at the moment. Like, I really, I, I am feeling that so acutely that we don't have that opportunity because of the no mingling. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But I think creating those spaces where there is, uh, where we've, we've got um, a, a really small space, you know, for our kids' ministry and, and everything that happens on, on site, <laughs> Um, but yeah, you just, uh, I wonder if that is something that's worth um, thinking about as well. Like rather than we often think, oh, we've got it. We're not doing things. We need to find space or, or implement new things rather than going, okay, let's just step back and Creative look at what's, yeah, yeah, what's already there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We do. If you just observe, you can see these different interactions happening. Let's yeah, encourage yeah. that and think about the next step. And, um, and there's something about underestimating children there too. We, we, we underestimate mm-hmm. their capacity. So uh, again, this is one of the things I've been really challenged by over the last couple of years is that uh, you know children are disciples now uh, they're not yeah. they're not they're not adults in waiting yeah. and uh, they might do things their own way their own level and all that sort of stuff but we, we don't want to underestimate what they they're doing in their relationship with God therefore with others and all that kind of stuff you know so we've got to kind of lift lift our game in order to help them you know but be who they are in, amongst us yeah, the, the generation that's already here right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no totally yeah no that's right yeah yeah, um, yeah. Now I think uh, are we I think we, we're probably drawing things to a close here as we finish up. So I guess, uh, what what are we trying to say here? I guess uh, we I guess we, we're we're really thinking about how we value children uh, and the value that they bring to us uh, as part of God's community. Now does that sound? I think is that kind of, sort of what we've been talking about? Mm. And uh, and yeah. and try and find out ways in which to encourage one another to to really make space. Uh, and uh, and accept children uh, as uh, as fully fledged disciples of Christ amongst us, and and work out what that means, uh, you know, at their level. 
Yeah, and 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 also thinking about, um, I've been thinking a little bit lately about how we help them to be active participants in the life of the church. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. certainly them being present and being part of the rhythms of, you know, for us it's the beginning of the service, they know to stand for the call to worship and they've learned the Apostles' Creed, those kinds of things. But then those, again, what, what does it look like to help our seven, eight, nine-year-olds um, start to... Uh, see that church is not just about taking, when in fact it's not at all, that it's actually about also giving and, and serving other people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's exciting. Um, yeah, so, so Jesus has kind of placed children amongst us, so let's be grateful for that and work with it. Yeah. <laughs>